Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Shrimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, Chapter 10, Prahlada, the best among exalted devotees. 
text 24. Sri Yataha Bhagavan Rajan Abhikshito Jijatibi Parado Pitata Chakre Paturyat Samparayakam Yataha Bhagavan Rajan Nabikshito Dvijatibi Parado Pitata Chakre Paturyat Samparayakam Yataha Bhagavan Rajan Abhikshito Jijatibi
Narada Narada Muni said, Parada, Parada Maharaja. Api, also, Tata, in that way. Chakre, executed, Pitu, of his father. Yat, whatever. Samparayakam, ritualistic ceremonies performed after death. Yata, even as. Ah, order. Bhagawan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Rajan, O King Yudhishthira. Abhikshita, he was enthroned in the kingdom. Dvijatibi, by the Brahmanas present. Sri Narada Muni continued, thus, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead ordered, Prahlada Maharaja performed the ritualistic ceremonies for his father. O King Yudhishthira, he was then enthroned in the kingdom of Hiranyakasipu as directed by the Brahmanas. Purport. It is essential that society be divided into four groups of men. Brahmanas, Tachyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. Here we see that although Prahlada was perfect in every respect, he nonetheless followed the instructions of the Brahmanas who performed the Vedic rituals. Therefore, in society, there must be a very intelligent class of leaders who are well-versed in the Vedic knowledge so that they can guide the entire populace to follow the Vedic principles and thus gradually become most perfect and eligible to return home back to Godhead. <clears throat> Translation again. Sri Narada Muni continued. Thus, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead ordered, Pahlada Maharaja performed the ritualistic ceremonies for his father. O King Yudhishthira, he was then enthroned in the kingdom of Hiranyakashipu as directed by the Brahmanas. Om Agena Timirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militangyena Tazmai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasudhi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Hey Rama Hey Rama 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 Hare Hare <coughs> According to Haranyakashipu, Prahlad Maharaja was so unfortunate because as Haranyakashipu saw it, Prahlad was going to inherit the whole universe. That was the father's property. And the father's property, according to the Vedic system, is inherited by the son. So Haranyakashipu, in other words, Earlier in the seventh canto, 
is exclaiming, you have completely blown it, Prahlad. <laughs> All my investment properties were going to be yours. <laughs> How did Hernikashipu accumulate such investment properties? By terrorism. <laughs> on a scale far beyond what the puny human beings of today can imagine. So he said, you're, you're so unfortunate. Hey, Durvinita Mandatma. <laughs> you're the lowest, you're the slowest, you're the dumbest. <laughs> the whole universe was going to be your inheritance. But now you've thrown it all away. Not only have you thrown it all away, and you'll get nothing, but I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> and when I cut your head off with my sword, we'll watch and see this imaginary Vishnu come and save you. We all know it's not going to happen. <coughs> now what's happened? Pralada Maharaja has more opulence than his father. And he rules according to the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who told him, go th display all the Vedic rituals, display all the Vedic regulations, but you know, Prahlad, that the essential activity is to think of me, focus on me, offer everything to me. But for the sake of the ordinary persons, you externally get into all the Vedic formulas and rituals and protocols. Set the example for those who need to make gradual progress in the Vedic system before coming to the conclusion of 100% bhakti to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So what is noteworthy here is that there is a system in a real human society for the gradual elevation of the human beings. And it is in the interest of the Supreme Personality of Godhead to have that gradual system maintained. In other words, Vedic society is structured in such a way that at least you'll be in a situation in your next life where you can make further progress. But what do we have today? We have no such structures that are supporting the human being, purifying the human being, even though that human being may not immediately focus on the Supreme Personality Godhead. There are structures in place, culture in place, surrounding the human being so that the human being can make gradual progress, even gradual material progress. But what do we have today? Zero. We have a society that's simply dedicated to making money. Whoever has the most money has the most respect, the most acclaim. People are impressed. You have so much money. There is no structure social structure, social system in place for gradually purifying the human being. In India, you'll still find remnants 
even in the lives of most of you, you'll find remnants of the original Vedic civilization. And that's where you get your stability from. The sense of duty, the sense of obligation. But that, what you're experiencing today is just a tiny glimmer of the whole Vedic system. So therefore, whether you're from Bharat or from Australia or from here, there, anywhere in the world, what is your only hope? Harinam, 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 Eva Kivalam, Kalona Shtevana Shtevana Shteva Gattaranyata. We have no other protection. We have no other armor. Society is unfavorable. There are no gradual structures in place for, there are no structures in place for the gradual purification of the human being. Therefore, we are clinging to chanting Hare Krishna. Prahlad is a complete bhakta, 100%. And therefore, Lord Nishringade tells him that <coughs> Sit upon the throne and do not be disturbed by materialistic activities. Please keep your mind fixed upon me without transgressing the injunctions of the Vedas. As a matter of formality, you may perform your particular duties. So do your politics according to Vedic injunctions. That's necessary for the common man. But as far as what is your bhajan, it's to focus upon me, mind fixed upon me. Notice how meticulous Lord Nisringadev is. Prahlad was concerned about his father, what the destination of his father would be. So Nisringadev told him, do that shadha ceremony for your father. So he, he has a chance to be promoted to the higher planets. And there, he, he could be better off. <laughs> of course, we know that Hiranyakashipu then went into Ravana mode, <laughs> and Ravana mode went into Shishupal mode. <laughs> but the point is, the principle of gradual elevation was intact back then but it is not now. Sometimes our devotees become distracted, wanting to become super Vedic, and forget that their only shelter is chanting Hare Krishna. Their only shelter is rendering devotional service. You might wonder why it is that the Supreme Personality God is concerned with the funeral ceremony of Hiranyakashipu. He's telling Prahlad, you're worried about your father's next destination, but just by your father's touching my lap, he has become purified. How purified? Well, that's another point. There are varying degrees always of contact with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But just see, 
in these verses, how attentive to the Vedic formulas, rituals, protocols is the Supreme Personality Godhead, while at the same time, Lord Nishingadeva is saying, you know better and don't get too carried away by all this. It's all external. <laughs> what happened after the death of Kamsa? And the death of all the wrestlers, Chanura, Mushtika, and all their cohorts. The funeral ceremonies were organized by Krishna himself. And according to the Acharyas, as Krishna was arranging the funeral ceremonies for Kamsa and the wrestlers, there were tears in his eyes. In other words, he was, <laughs> he was, it's Leela, and he's really into it. <laughs> the ladies are all crying. Oh, Kamsa. How can the city go on without you? How can civilization go on without you? <laughs> they're pulling their hair, they're crying, collapsing on the ground. Of course, some of Kamsa's wives had a bit more common sense. And they said, uh, you got what you deserved. <laughs> you should know that when you cause such pain and hurt, it'll come back to you. But just see the irony of the whole situation. Krishna kills Kamsa and then organizes Kamsa's funeral ceremony. You just think, someone kills your husband and then says, let me help with the funeral ceremony. <laughs> but this is how expansive and broad-minded Krishna is. Yeah, I killed him, but uh, let's organize his funeral ceremony. <laughs> Krishna wants to see that the purificatory rituals of society are intact. So even he sets that example. Krishna is concerned how others see things. At the same time, he's completely independent. So when he killed Kamsa, he had jumped from high on top of the arena where Kamsa was seated on his throne. Krishna threw him down so far to the ground in the center of the arena. And then Krishna jumped and landed on top of Kamsa. And beat him to death. But Kamsa died staring in Krishna's face and feeling the lotus feet of Krishna on his chest. Kamsa was a huge giant. So Krishna's concern, some of the people in the audience, especially my parents, the residents of Vrindavan, those who hear about it, what's happening, those who are nearby, because Vasudeva and Devaki were in chains somewhere, they may not be convinced that comes as dead. They may have, they may be thinking, I've only knocked him out. So this is how careful Krishna is. Okay, I have to show them. So he then took the dead body of Kamsa and dragged it all around the arena. See, he's dead, see. <laughs> so this is Krishna's care and concern. 
So now he's showing that same concern as Lord Nishigade for Hiranyakashipu. Don't worry, my dear child. Your father is already taken care of. Not only is your father taken care of, but 21 generations of your predecessors have been taken care of. Sometimes devotees, not sometimes, most of the time devotees are concerned, what will happen to my parents? Here I am trying to do some service for Krishna. Often the children are away from their parents. The parents are in India or some other part of the world. What will become of them? I often tell what Srila Prabhupada wrote one of his disciples, Giraj Maharaj, that he said that he said especially regarding parents of devotees who born outside of India and the parents don't have a clue of what their children are doing or why. Of course, that can also be true in India, <laughs> where people may think as soon as my son or daughter with their tongue touches the Hare Krishna mantra, immediately they become a brahmachari. <laughs> you should go to the temple, yes. Jamashtami, fine. But your career is everything. After career, then investment properties. <laughs> so Srila Prabhupada about his disciples born in the West said, at their parents' very last breath in the material world, they'll suddenly see all the immeasurable benefit they're getting because one of their children became a bhakta at their last breath. You know how Lord Kapiladev explains in Third Canto. And it's confirmed, although it needs no confirmation, by those going through near-death experiences. You get what's called the life review. The, the last moments of your life. Your whole lifespan's activities passes before your eyes. You see a movie of everything in a split second. And then you're gone. So Srila Prabhupada pointed out that the parents of devotees who have not a clue why did my son or daughter take up this Hare Krishna at the last moment, the last breath, they'll see how much incalculable benefit they're getting just because one of their children became a devotee. So Kamsa will benefit. Haranikashipu will benefit. So Narada Muni, by the way, is relating all these incidents to Yudhisthira Maharaj. Don't forget that. Yudhisthira Maharaj is one of the three persons in Srimad Bhagavatam referred to as Haridas. One is Uddhava. The other, as we said, Yudhisthira Maharaj. And then Govardhan Hill, Haridas Varya. 
So in relaying this history of Pallad, Hiranyakashipu, and Nishingadev to Yudhisthira Maharaj, Narada Muni plays a key role. It was he who functioned as the guru of Pallad Maharaj. Pallad Maharaj is a very interesting personality in that Bhagavatam says he was, and Prabhupada further comments, that he was both Nitya Siddha and Sadhana Siddha. He was eternally liberated, but at the same time he went through the whole process of sadhana and becoming situated in bhakti. Which, and his situation began according to his sadhana siddha pastimes. His, that history began with his hearing from Narada Muni while Prahlada is in the womb. Another person said to be both sadhana siddha and nitya siddha, eternally liberated and liberated through sadhana, is Narada Muni. Vishnath Chakrati Thakur points out that they have their sadhana lila. They seem to be going through it to get to Krishna. At the same time, they're eternally liberated. It's a very fascinating subject matter, how someone could be both nitya siddha and sadhana siddha. So Prahlad's in the womb of his mother. Everyone remembers that. Narada Muni is speaking. Bhagavad Dharma. Prahlad remembers everything, even though he was within the womb, showing you that bhakti can triumph over all material circumstances. Whereas, you know, his mother, her mind was disturbed Where's my husband? When will my husband return? And so she did not retain what Narada Muni instructed. So in this way, Narada Muni is functioning as the guru. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, you see something quite interesting as Lord Shiva is speaking to Narada Muni about who is the greatest devotee. Because Narada Muni is on a quest, searching the whole universe, looking for the greatest devotee. And he's just been pointed in the direction of Lord Shiva. But Lord Shiva is saying, it's not me. <laughs> Lord Shiva is pointing to Prahlad. You should... Narimuni, you need to go see Prahlad. He is the greatest. And Lord Shiva explained that just take the case of Bali Maharaj and the son of Bali Maharaj, Banasura. They were not saved by, for any other reason than their being in Prahlad Maharaj's family. Bali Maharaj, what did he do? He offended his guru by not keeping his promise. You may think that just by Bali Maharaj giving the three worlds to Vamanadeva, that purchased Vamanadeva. How could you think like that? 
what is the, what is it? The three worlds. Nothing. <laughs> That's not why Vamanadev blessed him and became his doorkeeper on Sutala. That's not the reason. The real reason Bali Maharaj got such mercy as even though he's Daicharaj, Bali Daicharaj, the king of the demons, even though he disobeyed his guru Shukracharya, a controversial personality admittedly is Shukracharya. <laughs> but the real reason is that he got such mercy that Vamanadev became the doorman at the abode of Bali Maharaj. The real reason is because Bali is the son of Prahlad Maharaj. Son or grandson? <laughs> grandson. And Banasura is the great grandson. What about this Banasura? <laughs> he wanted to fight his beloved Lord Shiva, who was his Ishtadev. He arrested Aniruddha. He fought with Krishna. Yet he got the benediction of being the eternal associate of Lord Shiva. So Lord Shiva explains, there's only one reason for his getting such mercy. He's in the family line of Prahlad Maharaj. So Lord Shiva says, I've got to be careful about speaking too loudly and too much about the glories of Prahlad Maharaj. Why? Number one, by chanting Prahlad Maharaj's glories, I might just lose it and become overly ecstatic and gone in ecstasy. <clears throat> but number two, I can't speak about Prahlad loudly as being the greatest devotee because my wife is Parvati and she's friends with Mahalakshmi. <laughs> if Mahalakshmi hears from my wife that I'm glorifying Prahlad, not Mahalakshmi as the greatest devotee, then Lord Shiva says that I'll be in trouble <laughs> and Narada Muni will be in trouble too because, <laughs> and that's not good that my wife disrespects me and Narada Muni. <laughs> this is stated in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. So you see, even on such a high level of, high level personality level, there's still higher emotions. You can see we're not impersonalists. And of course in Goloka Vrindavan, full of the perfection of emotions. So sometimes you may wonder, well, why is Lord Shiva worried about what his wife will say? But this is personalism. So Lord Shiva, not wanting to arouse the anger of Mahalakshmi, because Mahalakshmi thinks, I am always with Lord Narayan. There's no one more dear to me. So Lord Shiva didn't want to pop that bubble. <laughs> so he spoke gently to Narada Muni. Actually, Prahlad is the best devotee. <laughs> and of course, as we said, Lord Shiva didn't want to speak too much because he would just become overwhelmed with ecstasy. So immediately, Narada Muni, what does he do? He goes, he takes off immediately to go to Sutala to find 
Pallad Maharaj. And Brihad Bhagavatamrita explains that Narayamuni is traveling at the speed of mind. In other words, he thought about it and he's there at Sutala. Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead assigned Bali Maharaj to Sutala and Prahlad Maharaj was invited to visit Sutala. So then what happened? Narada Muni is running into this city of the demons, <coughs> Bali Maharaj's city on Sutala. Narada Muni is running and Prahlad is in trance meditating on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's Prahlad's specialty, smudanam, remembering. So his external senses are not functioning. He understands that Narada Muni is rapidly approaching by his internal meditation. But that took a while, so by the time Prahlad comes out of his samadhi, Narada Muni is upon him. So Prahlad is quickly trying to arrange puja, guru puja. Because Narada Muni is his guru. What does Prahlad say in his prayers to Lord Shingade? Evam janam napatitam prabhavahi kupe. I was following the general population heading into a blind well full of snakes. But your servant, he says to Lord Nishingade, your servant Narada Muni kindly picked me up. How could I ever leave his service? So Prahlad is trying to get the Guru Puja ceremony together. But, and he's offering Narada Muni a seat. Please, sit down, sit down. But what does Narada Muni do? He's like, forget all this. And he embraces Prahlad. <laughs> Narada Muni is so overwhelmed, searching for the greatest devotee, that he's even disregarding the puja from his own disciple, Prahlad Maharaj, and he's Instead, he's embracing Pallad Maharaj. So this is why in this chapter, Lord Nishingadev says that those who, about Pallad, those who follow your example, Pallad Maharaj's example, will naturally become my pure devotees. You are the best example of my devotee and others should follow in your footsteps. So another point to remember is the battle of benedictions that took place earlier in this chapter. Lord Nishingadev tried hard to entice Prahlad with offers of material benedictions. Prahlad, it is my pastime to fulfill all desires. Ask me for whatever you want. The Acharyas point out that Lord Nishikadeva is not offering bhakti. He's offering an opportunity for material benedictions, liberation. In Briha Bhagavatamrita, it's pointed out that Lord Nishikadeva several times is saying to Prahlad, Prahlad, liberation, Prahlad, liberation. <laughs> How can you resist 
liberation. All the greatest munis, sadhus, rishis want liberation. Palad, liberation. <laughs> it seems like Lord Nishigadeva is really pressurizing Prahlad to take material benedictions or to take liberation. We've spoken before about this incident with the example of a legal phenomenon called entrapment. Yes, you remember? If the undercover police push too much to provoke someone into committing a crime so that then later the police can arrest the person. That's called entrapment. And possibly the judge can throw it out of court. You were too enthusiastic, you law enforcement people, undercover, saying, come on, come on, take this money, kill this person, blow the building up, come on, come on. The person was influenced too much by you. Otherwise, there's a possibility the person would have never done it. That's called entrapment. So you may wonder, that Lord Nishingadev is doing that. Prahlad, come on, take a benediction. Prahlad, everyone wants these benedictions. <laughs> and what's Prahlad's response? My dear Lord, please consider my family background. <laughs> I'm bo born in a family of demons. Please don't push me too much. <laughs> but then he says, you are all good. And I know you're doing this pushing for benedictions just to demonstrate the qualities of your dear devotee. You want the whole world to see how your dear devotee wants only bhakti. <clears throat> In the Vishnu Purana it is stated that Prahlad is saying, I plan for thousands of births in your service. I just want to be in your service. Never mind the thousand births that I'll go through. This is Prahlad's attitude. So in this way Prahlad is showing and he says with his own words to Lord Nishingadev, you've sent me into this world to display the qualities of a pure devotee. I'm not a merchant. Vanik Seva. I don't exchange devotional service for benedictions. I don't do that. But if I must ask for a benediction, let it be that I ask, I ask for the benediction that I don't ask for any benedictions. <laughs> Give me that benediction. Zero benedictions. So you might be thinking, Prahlad, you could have asked for so much. But Prahlad says, give me the benediction that I don't ask for benedictions. What kind of bhakti is this? This is the power of pure bhakti. So Prahlad then gives an elaborate explanation of vanik seva. Service done in exchange for something. He says, that's not me. I and the Supreme Personality of God only have the relationship of master and servant. There'll never be any other kind of relationship. Prahlad is obviously, and as the Acharyas point out, he's in Dasya Prem, love of Krishna in servitude.
We have no other relationship than this. There'll never be any other relationship than this. I'm not a merchant doing my service in exchange for material benedictions, not even in exchange for liberation. So in this way, Pallad is demonstrating the standard of pure bhakti. And when you read Prabhupada's purports in this benediction battle, <laughs> battle of benedictions, you may be astonished how Srila Prabhupada sets, how high Srila Prabhupada sets the bar for pure devotion. As long as, he writes, there's any trace of material desire in the mind, you're not going back to Godhead. So, oh. <laughs> this is why we cling tightly to Sri Sri Gornitai. <laughs> they make the impossible possible. At the same time, we should know what the standard is. And then we can better appreciate the mercy of Goranga Mahaprabhu, Nichananda Prabhu. Especially for those who somehow or other, this way or that way, take up the order of Mahaprabhu, that wherever you go, whomever you meet, teach the science of Krishna. As Srila Prabhupada would say, that's the quickest way to be recognized by Krishna. And of course, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, There's no one more dear. There'll never be one more dear than the one who teaches and distributes his glories to others. Yet, the Supreme Personality of God it has a vested interest in establishing a Vedic society where there can be gradual elevation through various material statuses. Because not everyone will immediately take up bhakti. Not everyone can understand pure devotional service. So that's the advantage present during Prahlad's time. And therefore, the Supreme Personality of God, it is ordering him to take up the throne, be the monarch, and then you go back to Godhead. <laughs> That's the seven cantos equivalent of the devotee expression, work now, samadhi later. <laughs> now you be the king of the demons. Keep society on track. But you yourself are not absorbed in all these Vedic rituals. You do them externally, but your mind is always focused on me. How do we keep our mind focused on Krishna in this day and age where there's no favorable social structure, no favorable culture? Even what little you see in India of favorable culture is rapidly disintegrating. So our only hope is chanting Hare Krishna, pleasing Sri Sri Gornitai. All right, any questions? Yes. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Maharaj, you mentioned about uh, when um, Krishna killed Kamsa, 
so on narsimha dev oh, sorry hrna kashipu they got purified but there's a level of purification and also we hear that one question one question please no no i'm relating to statements oh so the, so i'm just your statement was that uh, when hrna kashipu was killed by lord narsimha dev he got purified but there's a level of purification and we also hear that uh, uh, just by chanting holy name we get purified so yes you're um, getting purified by chanting hari krishna but according to the quality of our chanting that's how quickly the full purification comes yes just by the tongue touching the holy name there's an effect it, and that effect doesn't wait for initiation lord chaitanya explains but remember our goal is offenseless chanting by offenseless chanting you get the full experience of krishna so we're always aiming for that but certainly anyone even if they just some passer by on the street sees the hari nam party and says ah those hari krishnas <laughs> the person is benefiting but it'll take some most likely more many more births but you have to start somewhere and what is the real purpose of the universe the real purpose of the universe the material universe is to provide opportunities for persons to contact devotees and make gradual advancement so maybe in your previous life you were one of those <laughs> the hari nam party went by and you just said oh, this is madness <laughs> i should be making money <laughs> course i said like that the first time i saw devotees on television <laughs> seven months later i was in the brahmacharya ashram <laughs> so <laughs> how lord jaitanya's mercy is acting uh, it's very it's very inconceivable that's why everyone is urged to take shelter of lord chaitanya lord nichananda So remember our goal is offenseless chanting. So yes, even by mumbled jumbled chanting you make progress but the progress is very slow but still there's progress. Thank you. Yes. Um I have one question um I had this observation sometimes or I saw recently in my life some devotees who have been practicing uh, according to their ability obviously it was maybe not yet pure devotion service but they've been practicing and then their material circumstances changed and either they had physical accidents or they suffered from mental problems and those and for that reason it appeared to me that it was even more difficult for them to practice and I cannot understand that completely why I'm thinking because they're practicing they should be protected. This material world's a rough place. Get out of it as soon as possible. Our problem is we think this world is a nice place because I'm here. <laughs> and everything should be nice for me and then for my family. This is a horrible place. Look at the atrocities that are going on all over the world. 
You would think people have learned from the global wars of the 20th century. No. What's becoming more and more obvious is that the human beings have forgotten what happened 80 years ago or so, 100 years ago or so. They've forgotten. 50 million people slaughtered in World War II, 20 million in World War I. They've forgotten. Unless the catastrophe is happening, has happened last year, and even then they forget about it. But 80 years ago, you're not emotionally impacted by World War I, even World War II, and you're from Germany. <laughs> you didn't see it, you didn't, when you were born, you didn't look around and see destruction everywhere, right? <laughs> no, your pockets were full of Deutschmarks or Euros, and <laughs> you thought, this is Deutschmark happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems that uh, unless a catastrophe happens in every generation, there's just going to be forgetfulness of the preceding catastrophes. So our problem is that we think this world is meant to be a nice place for us and for our children to grow up. It's a horrible place. We've even forgotten for the most part about the pandemic and the lockdown, right? It's all faded into, huh, I don't know what happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> this is how faulty we are. And then you wonder how it could be that we forget Krishna. <laughs> of course, you need Krishna's help to forget him or to forget anything or to remember him or to remember anything. Krishna says, from me comes all knowledge, remembrance, and forgetfulness. So, under the spell of Maya, with the help of the super soul, people can't remember all the mass global suffering of just a short time ago. And the super soul in the heart can help them forget. Oh, you want to be in Maya? You want to think you can enjoy? Just forget about World War I, World War II. Don't pay so much attention what's going on in the Middle East now. It's got nothing to do with you. You may see some parades, some marches, some commotion. That doesn't have anything to do with your life. You can enjoy. That's the super soul in the heart. Fulfilling your desire. You want to forget about Krishna? You can't do it on your own. You need Krishna's help. He helps you. All right. Never go near Dank Street. <laughs> and if you happen to go on Dank Street, you don't see anything. <laughs> Krishna's helping you fulfill your desires to never know about him. So it is a great disaster we're living in, and that disaster is known as material existence. And we have to hear that regularly, otherwise we become easily bewildered. We think, ah, oh, this is not Dukalayam, this is Sukalayam. This is the place of happiness, not the place of suffering. Where's my happiness? I want my quota. Everyone else is happy, where's my share? 
That's why hearing the sound vibration of Srimad Bhagavatam is so important. Daily it restores your sanity. Yes? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Um, since today's verse is focused on um, Prahlad Maharaj performing the ritualistic thing for his father, I thought the, uh, this question is per pertinent. <coughs> so uh, uh, for the sadhakas, um, how critical it is that they perform whatever the ritualistic uh, ceremonies towards their parents? For whom? For their parents. <coughs> for I'll repeat the question. For The main thing is, while the father is living, you engage in devotional service so the father can get some bhakti credits. That's the main thing. More than that, it depends on your shraddha, not your shraddha, your shraddha. <laughs> In bhakti. So more than that, I won't say. <laughs> okay. I do know some things I can say. Because I used to file Srila Prabhupada's letters both to him and from him. And one devotee wrote that... There's the tradition that if there's a death in your immediate family, you shouldn't go in the temple for how long? Ten days. <coughs> Ten huh? days. Yeah. Uh, so Prabhupada wrote back, if you don't go in the temple for 11 days, you'll simply fall into Maya. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the nice class. <laughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, Maharaj, you mentioned how... You didn't thank me for the nice class. <laughs> I can't answer your question. <laughs> thank you for the wonderful class. Maharaj, you mentioned how Narsimhadev personally instructed Prahlad Maharaj to do the ritualistic ceremonies for his father. Um, so Maharaj, I wanted to ask, sometimes we go to our relatives' houses in India. They Can we go to where? To our relatives' houses in India. Why, why not? Um, so my question is when we go They're to They're not demoniac, are they? When we go to our relative's house in India, we, they don't offer it to uh, the prasad to Krishna, they offer it to the demigods. And then they ask us to eat that prasad. So is it okay to eat that prasad or will it be an offense? But you go with your parents, yes? So you can explain to your relatives that we want to offer this food to Krishna. They don't like that? They say, no, no Krishna, no Krishna Prasad. They really say like that? Uh, they sometimes offer. They sometimes what? They offer it sometimes. You let your parents handle this. It requires some tact and sensitivity. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll just go there and say, no! <laughs> You're all in Maya! <laughs> right? <laughs> you let your parents tactfully handle this. These family affairs required t tactfulness. You know what tactfulness is? Mm, you do? <laughs> it's not like Australia. In Australia, the law is 
What's in the mind comes out on the tongue. <laughs> and what about India? What's in the mind never comes out on the tongue. <laughs> so you let your parents tactfully, strategically, you know what that means, strategically? Carefully handle the situation so that your relatives are not offended, at the same time you don't compromise your spiritual life. They'll, your parents will figure out something. Are they here now? Yes. Where? You'll figure out something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shinga Kavaja Prabhu. Vishnu Chakravartakor, how Narad Muni and Prahlad Maharaj are part Sadhana Siddha and part Nitya Siddha. So I was reflecting on this statement the other day and I was wondering, because we understand Narad Muni, when the creation winds up, he, he enters into the body of the Lord, but he comes back out in the next creation. So this is, is this part of the Sadhana? Is because he's, he's appearing every creation, he has to go through the process of perfection again? We don't know how many creations he experiences in his appearance of gradual progress to pure bhakti, to the present status he has as Narada Muni. It's an intriguing subject, as you said. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions it and Prabhupada picks it up in his purport in referring to Pallad Maharaj. He doesn't mention Narada Muni. So it's a very intriguing subject. And you can go deeper and deeper and deeper into all this. Just like when you read Biha Bhagavatamrita, it has so many of these details in it. But it's, the ocean of details is unlimited, so I, I have not seen any specific answer to your question. Okay, thank you. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Maharaj, my question is related to the point you made, cultural integration. Um, Considering liberation? The, the cultural in integration, like how our culture Cultural is, deterioration. Yeah. So my point is, um, when Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita, it, there was only man and women. Now we are in Kali Yuga, there's so many genders, <laughs> each, each alphabet for each gender. So where I'm coming to is, um, even we see in the temple devotees um, who have you know, different gender um, issues, but they're still chanting, right? So how do we, how do we accept, um, how do we look at that? Why even in the temple, even in many of your families, there are such gender variegatedness yes, appearing that's right. now. That's right, yeah. Mm. So how do we understand, like they're still chanting, they still love Krishna. Uh, yes. And we believe that we are not this body, we are the soul. So we offer devotional service to everyone. Okay. It's a challenge for families, especially families from Bharat, when they have a child who has a different gender orientation. The family generally doesn't know what to do about, oh no, our reputation, our community stature, they have no experience. Whereas in the wild western world, there's so much experience. So simply, we make devotional service available to everyone. Everyone, at the time of initiation, promises to follow the four rules. 
whether you're this or that or in between, if you want to take initiation, you promise to follow the four rules. Okay. Thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> yes. he performed the ritualistic ceremonies. Before um, performing those ceremonies, um, you said that he has to pull him and show that he really killed to Devaki and Vasudev. Um, why he has to prove that to them? He cares! Devotee care. Krishna's the number one devotee care department. <laughs> you don't like him being sensitive? like that Maharaj, I was just... Uh... But Kamsa has, you don't understand the pain and tragedy Kamsa has caused. Even the Yadu dynasty, many of them ran into hiding, living in caves out of fear of Kamsa. Those who didn't run away and hide pretended to be servitors of Kamsa, like Akura, because they wanted front row seats for when Krishna killed Kamsa, so they said, we'll pretend that we're his humble servants because we want to see when he's killed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you understand the terror that Kamsa did, he was a giant. Even Indra, the Acharyas point out, when he sent the Sambhartika clouds to flood all of Braj, he didn't send them to Mathura because he was afraid of Kamsa. Indra's afraid of Kamsa. So that's how much of a brute Kamsa is. Look what he did. He killed six children born of his sister. And was thinking to kill her too. He said, I, I want Ugra. He had just been screaming out in the whole arena. Imprison Nanda Maharaj and the cowherd people from Braj. Confiscate all their wealth, all their dairy milk <laughs> products. <laughs> I'll kill my father Ugrasain. He never favored me. <laughs> He's a raving like a madman. <laughs> and so Krishna jumped up from the ground in the center of the arena, jumped high into the top of the arena where Kamsa had his throne and knocked Kamsa's crown off and then took Kamsa by the hair and threw him way down onto the ground. And then Krishna jumped and landed on top of Kamsa. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what about Kamsa's wives? They're all weeping, crying, but Krishna cares. Let me perform the funeral ceremony for your dead husband. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> And Krishna's also crying. He's showing sensitivity. <laughs> How do you find anyone more caring and sensitive than Krishna? <sighs> yes. He says, I'm not afraid of material existence in of itself. 
because I'm always drowning in the Mahamrita, the nectarian great ocean of hearing and chanting about your glories. But I do have one concern. All those fools who are bewildered by Maya, Maya Sukaya Bharam, they're laboring, struggling so hard, carrying an unnecessary burden. They're not mudhas, they're vimudhas, super fools. My concern is for them, so I don't want to go back to Godhead until they're all taken care of. That's the mood of Prahlada Maharaj. That those are his footsteps. Yes? But we don't want to lecture on that oh, right no, now. No, I just wanted to say that in the Mahabharata, in Veda, ancient Vedic India, there's famous transsexuals. It's nothing new, and uh, it should be uh, not something to be ignorant about. We give everyone a chance to engage in devotional service. We are against Maya. <laughs> not the body. You're not Maya or female. Are they, are they, you can talk to him after class, okay? You can, you can enlighten him. We want everyone to chant Hare Krishna and become purified. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Just touch your feet. Today's my daughter's birthday. Just here to get your blessings. Hare Krishna. Hare. What's her name? Prisha. Prisha. Prisha? Yes. Hare. She turned one today. Alright, very good. Thank you so much. Hare Hare.
Krishna Chaitanya 